what's going on what's going on everybody who's watching this show right now first of all guys welcome to the nikhil sai show which is hosted by me the nikhil sai and guess what's going on today we're back with another amazing two comma club winner this is going to be crazy crazy journey guys so make sure to stick around so i mean any business owner specifically speaking like if you are a coach consultant or you know you're running an agency or maybe any high ticket service or product business you you guess what's going to drive your business it's sales the more sales you make the more revenue you have the more you can spend on making sure that your customers are happy so that you can retain and build a long term business right so we are primarily be going to be covering the sales expertise so the guest who is actually joining the podcast today is somebody who is pretty close uh you know to working with industry level expert in the high ticket sales industry for example the guy who's joining the podcast today has been working with uh, Dan Lock the high ticket sales closer coaching community program and his mastermind dragon 100 from almost 4 years he's a very very high level advisory when it comes to advising businesses on sales building systems and processes and scaling sales teams etc so you're going to be learning so much on this podcast today we will be uncovering a lot of secrets on how you can start and scale a high ticket business and how you can maximize your sales uh, potential by effectively closing your prospects into turning them into high ticket clients so guys let's not waste any time and actually let's welcome joe yi ceo at joe yi hey joe hey nikio good uh, thanks for having me here it's good to meet you Absolutely so thanks for joining us on the time so we are super excited uh, you know to actually get into the sales stuff because who don't want to make more sales any business owner exactly, always just right? wants to make more sales yeah. right so yeah before we actually get into the real stuff like the sales and you know closing and looping and objection handling all of that stuff before that let's let's deep dive into your story like how did you actually get started what actually uh, you know motivated you to you know get to this journey Yeah, you know, so you brought up uh, my one of my mentors, Dan, uh Dan Lock. Still my mentor today. I took his program in 2018 actually. Yeah, 2018. Mm-hmm. I invested in the high ticket closer certification program and I mm-hmm. became a commission closer, right? Uh, a high ticket sales, a high ticket closer or co- on commission mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I've actually earned my first 100k commissions that first year. So, thanks to this high income skill that I learned that was taught to me by Dan, I made mm-hmm. it changed my life essentially right? it changed my life dramatically and um when I when I did that I think Dan recognized the the potential that I had so he promoted me from closer to assistant sales manager to sales manager sales director executive sales director so I've been with his company for almost 4 years I would say I think about 3 and a half years officially um mm-hmm. and since then we've managed so I've managed teams of about 110 sales professional um Ooh. also got to consult with clients of his who are dragons right help them grow their sales teams manage and scale uh their sales teams and basically help mm-hmm. them break past the seven to eight figure mark um so that's the background i've had and honestly like i said you know the the whole landscape of sales just changed my life and i really believe that anyone that really wants to get into mastering sales they could do it it's not it's honestly not that hard because i came i came from like no sales experience no sales background right just graduated college pretty young when i got started then um So I would say like if I could do it then there's absolutely no reason why someone else can't. It's it's really about how much how much how badly you want it and what's your why and how much you're willing to put in to get it, right? So I hope that answers your question in terms of my experience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Joel. That was really interesting and I mean this can really prove like if somebody has a commitment and seriousness in their career that they want to grow, they could pretty much, you know, value up the ladder and get to the top level like you did. That's pretty interesting, brother. Let's get to the actual 
sales stuff. So, I mean, Joel, as you have been, you know, especially working with, you know, the well-known influencer when it comes to high ticket sales, right? I think you would be one of the perfect person to answer this question. Sure. So many people are still confused about like the sales process difference between like selling low ticket products and high ticket products. Would you mind explaining us like, what do you think is like the key difference which differentiate like a low ticket sales process and a high ticket sales process? Yeah, good question, right? So uh, typically when I coach my clients, we talk about, we use three terms. We use low ticket, mid ticket, and a high ticket, right? So like for mm -hmm. me right now, and I'll tell you honestly, my definitions have changed over time. When I first started, like anything over $2,000 was high ticket for me, or even a thousand bucks. But now when mm -hmm. I say high ticket, I'm at like over 15, 20K. So mm -hmm. anything like between five to like 10, I guess would be like mid ticket. Um, and then like anything under five, I don't want to say it's low ticket, right? It's still technically mid ticket, but just definition wise, it shifted for me. Usually when you, people say low ticket, they think of like, you know, 50 bucks, a hundred bucks, a couple hundred bucks. Right. Um, and that's, that's fair. That's true. So the sales process is different in the fact that when you're selling something that's like, let's just say, keep it simple. Let's say under a thousand dollars, right. Under a thousand dollars it's a lot, it's a lot easier to just send a prospect, right. A potential buyer straight to a checkout page, right. From a marketing funnel, Right, you got the ads, mm -hmm. you got the funnel, the landing page, and the sales page, and then the order form, then the checkout page. Right, it's a lot easier to get that sale because you can develop and build trust on the sales pages with testimonials, case studies, PDFs, FAQs. Right, it's a lot easier to get that sale. But try selling a ten thousand dollar offer on a straight checkout page order form, and it's gonna be tough. Unless you're like I don't know, maybe one of the greats, right? Grant Cardone, you know. Um, Tony Robbins, right? Perhaps like you got such brand presence and like such brand name awareness that maybe you could do something like that. But typically when it comes to that higher ticket, you want what we call closers. You want what we call sales professionals, right? Because the difference between selling on a checkout page and order form marketing versus like me on the phone or me on Zoom, right? Selling is that now you introduce a human element to it. Someone that mm. can actually persuade, convince and inspire prospects to take action. And that's huge, mm. right? That's huge because now it's like, you're no longer talking, you're no longer interacting with a page, like with something robotic. You're interacting with a human being. And so humans, when they get really good at persuasion, that's when they become really good closers. So that's, that would be my answer to that question, right? High to low. The yep, absolutely i mean yeah i mean as you start playing big the definition of high ticket always changes right, right. like oh my god anything of a thousand that was high ticket now yeah. 15 and above seems like high ticket everything else right. is like mid ticket right Correct. so yeah i mean definitely we encourage people when you know your product and service value when you know what it could give you know uh what it could mean for your customers as an outcome you could definitely raise your prices and start selling high ticket right so Absolutely. i mean joel i mean you've been somebody who's been managing sales team as big as 110 people everybody's like high ticket sales closes and stuff like that right so what do you think is like the fastest and easiest way to like spotting and hiring high performance like sales people where do you find them how do you hire them yeah this is a, a very common question i get now um to be very honest like I have, I typically give two answers to this, right? Uh, because mm -hmm. first of all, recruiting is so important in sales. You ask anyone in the sales industry, it doesn't matter what kind of sales. It could be insurance sales, real estate sales, anything sales. Recruitment is so important because if you don't have a constant pipeline of sales professionals that you can either rotate out or bring in and swap out and churn out and things like that, it's very hard for you to maintain consistency and also scalability, right? So the first thing I always tell clients is like, 
I'll get to I get to how to hire top professionals in a second. But first, let's make sure you know what a recruiting pipeline is. So it's really funny because a lot of people they treat recruiting like a function that is in marketing and sales. But when when recruiting should be treated like marketing and sales function, because when you want to hire top sales professionals, top closers, they have to be mm -hmm. attracted to your company. Like, why would they pick your company to work with all, all these other offers out there in the marketplace? So it's like, True. you have to make it really attractive. You have to make it like a sales process, right? The way you hire a closer is the way you close a prospect, right? You might mm. nurture them. You might follow up with them. You might find the timing, the right timing, because they might be working somewhere else. It's all a sales process, even a marketing process, right? So that's the first very important thing. You want to establish a recruiting pipeline. Now, when you have a recruiting pipeline, now you can talk about, what do I need to do to hire or what do I need to look for to hire the best sales professional? So here's what I typically recommend. Um, you can all, and this is what my mentor Dan taught me as well, right? We hire for mindset or attitude and we train for skill, right? So you mm. hire for this, the person's attitude, then you can train for the skill because if you hire for skill and the attitude is poor, you're going to end up with a very inconsistent low performer that will eventually just quit your team in a couple of weeks, a couple of months. Versus mm. you get someone with a very strong attitude, strong mindset, they might not have the best sales skills, but you can train them on the sales skills. You take a, take a couple months, but then they will yeah. be a lot more consistent and you get a lot more out of them. And the ramp up pros, the ramp up period, this is another, another thing, another thing I've seen. A lot of people expect like when they hire a sales professional, the guy or girl is going to start just immediately crushing things right away. Now, sometimes that is true. If you get a very experienced person who knows your niche, who knows your offer, great. But typically, it takes th anywhere from three to six months to get them really fully ramped up. And that's the thing we're going to understand, that during that time, we have to be patient and allow the sales professional to, to sort of like um, understand the company culture, understand the offer, right? Train, practice, rehearse, role play to become better. Mm. So I would say look for attitude, for number one. Look for skill. But one thing you cannot interview for is like, it's just you just can't. You cannot interview for someone's work ethic and professionalism is harder. You should put them on probation. So what we typically do is we put people on probation, right? 30 mm. to 60 days, sometimes even 90 day probation to watch, to wait till their real personality comes out. Because on an interview, it's very easy to act perfect. Oh yeah, I'm such, I'm so good. You know, I'm so professional. I have such high work ethic. I'm, yeah. I'm not really <laughs> Everyone's going to show the best version of themselves, right? But when you actually put them to work, put them in the trenches, put them through the hard, grueling task. Then you see the true personality come out. So you look for attitude, you get, then you train skill, then you give them a probation. And that's how you get the best sort of the best, you know, potential highest chance of like success with sales professional. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Spot on brother. That was a really, really brief and explaining answer. I think that's pretty much what everybody needs to hear when it comes to recruiting salespeople. Definitely. For Thank sure. you so much for getting yeah. deep into that. Yep. Let's get to the next question. This is getting exciting. I'm, I'm learning a lot from this. So yeah, scaling Good. a sales team, how to do it efficiently, especially when you're like, I mean, hiring few sales team, a few salespeople, that's okay. You can manage like two to three people, Correct. but let's say managing a sales team, like you did like 110 people, when you're like scaling your company, having hundreds of leads pumping into your pipeline, how do you manage the uh, pipeline as well as scale your sales team efficiently. Yeah. Yeah. So what we always do is we always hire or train uh, sales managers and sales operations managers, right? Now there's different terms for this. Some companies call them like uh, calendar or appointment managers. Sometimes I've, I've heard them even being referred to as like a sales leader or right? a sales director. I mean, essentially you need someone who's responsible for the performance of the sales team. Mm -hmm. 
And typically, mm-hmm. you that should never be the C-level team. That should never be the CEO. That should never be the business owner because then otherwise you're just forever running managing salespeople. It's going to take way too much of your time. So yeah. it should always be a dedicated sales manager, right? Salesperson that well, not, I wouldn't say salesperson because a sales manager and a sales professional are very different people. The only thing in common is the word sales, but these are very different job responsibilities and job tasks. So, and mm. also like the skill sets and the attitude required for both are very different. So in order to scale to those numbers, you need leaders and you need managers, right? So like if you're an example, a good ratio, rule of thumb, um, for a team that's about four closers and maybe three or four setters, right? Or even seven closers, depending on whether you do appointment setting or no appointment setting, you could typically get away with one sales manager who's like almost full-time. I want to say like maybe like three quarters of full-time and you could get mm-hmm. away with a part-time, you can get a part-time sales operations manager. So if you have maybe 10 people, that's when you want like a full-time sales manager and a full-time sales ops manager, right? That's the point. That's the point. And so like you, you kind of have to repeat that for every group of 10. So if you have a team of hundred, technically you want either 10 leaders, right? 10 leaders, or you can have different sort of levels of management, right? Like a meet, like a middle manager, a lower level manager, which is a leader. And then you have to scale the team that way. But hmm. you know, it's never like one person managing a hundred people that will never work, right? That just never yep, works. It will crumble the sales pipeline. Right. Overall. Looks like we'll be losing a lot of opportunity on the table, right? That's right. definitely answering the question, Joe. Let's get to the next question, brother. Uh, and this is very, very important. I mean, I genuinely uh, see this has been done like one of the top mistakes ever in the high ticket sales processes, right? Like especially in high ticket sales, for example, in a low ticket sales, let's, let's say if it's a course, they come to the checkout page, they don't buy, you send them like abundant card emails yep. and you don't very much it's automated and they buy right exactly. but when a high ticket sales process people are like feeling uncomfortable to call the prospect when they already said no or they're skeptic to sign up because you're asking for a big money right so how to efficiently like follow up in high ticket sales process what do you think is there like the right approach for yeah. you to follow up like a yeah. high ticket sales so you're saying so just to be clear you're talking about prospects that have not invested yet have not bought yes and mm-hmm. have they spoken to a closer yet or no Yes, yes, they did. Okay, Especially so they've, had, they've had an interaction with the sales team, but they didn't convert, right? Yep. Okay, so here's what I teach. Now, this is what I teach sales professionals, what I teach closers. This technique, I just call it, um, it's not fancy. It's just called basically plant, planting seeds of doubt, right? So mm-hmm. what happens is when you get a, a appointment, a sales appointment, and it's a no close, for whatever reason, right? You can't close the deal. Maybe the guy just isn't a good fit. Maybe he doesn't have the finances. He should, you know, doesn't have the finances. Um, Maybe he or she just has some situation where they cannot pull the trigger right now. I always teach sales professionals to plant seed of doubt. Basically what it is, is before they get off the call, they remind the prospect of the pain or the goal of why the prospect was there in the first place. So it's, it kind of looks like this. It's like, let's say Nikhil, you're my prospect and we get to the end and let's say I'm selling you a weight loss program. Okay. You want to lose, you want to, mm-hmm. you want to bulk, you want to gain, gain like uh, 10 kilograms or whatever. Right. And then you want to put on a bunch of muscle. But let's say for mm-hmm. whatever reason, you're not moving forward today, right? Mm-hmm. And no problem. I say, okay, look, before you get off the call, I mean, Nikhil, um, it seems like you're not able to move forward for financial reasons. I understand that. You said you, you got your um, finances locked up in your real estate sale next week. So you want to wait for that to clear. All right. So here's the thing. We, when we get off this call, you're going to go back to your, and look in the mirror tonight, your own body. And you probably, like you told me today, you're not so happy with your body, right? And that's going to stay the same for the next couple of weeks 
until you actually decide to take a step forward and change it, right? So what I'm saying is this, is that when your funds get unlocked from your real estate transaction next week, I'll be here. You know how to find me. You got my number, you got my email, right? But I want you to remember that if you look in the mirror after that week and you still don't like what you see, then you probably want to give me a call, right? You probably want to send me, send me an email because I can then look at whether we have spots available for Mike's next bootcamp, his fitness bootcamp, and I might be able to get you enrolled at that point, right? But don't Ooh. forget when you look at yourself every night in the mirror after you shower or whatever, right? You want to feel that you want to feel like you want to be that confident person. You can go to the beach with your girl, take off your shirt, feel happy, feel proud of your body, right? If you want it to happen this summer, you don't have much time. Summer's ending in like two and a half months, right? So when you look at yourself in the mirror next week, I want you to remember my phone number and my email address. Okay. Can I get a commitment from you? Right. Hmm, so, yep. so that's what I call like planting a seed, yep. putting a seed of doubt. You remind them that no matter what happens, don't forget the reason why you came on this call in the first place. And so that yep. will be the best way to sort of follow up with people that didn't want to buy. Right. Because if you mm-hmm. don't, if you don't do this, then mm-hmm. this, then you're just doing what every other salesperson does. Like, hello, you know, I spoke to you three months ago. Do you want to buy yeah. now? Like, it's like, that's like, that's not like, that doesn't work that way. I rather pick up the phone and say, Hey, Nikki, remember me from a month ago? The guy that, that said that you told you wanted to look good on, in, on a beach when you're going to your vacation in August. Yeah, that's me. You know, it's July now. What are you doing about your body? It's like, I want to be able to do that. Right. Have that connection. Okay, so you always, when you're following up, when the prospect knows the price as well, one month later, you can call back and kind of, you know, show that seed, like, hey, you know, yeah, remember yeah, that seed which yeah, I planted a month you ago? You your memory a bit, right? And it's like, and, and the price doesn't like, at the point, it's like, the, you know, I always say the price doesn't matter because it's like, if you want something bad enough, right, you we'll would pay whatever, yeah. you would do whatever it takes to get that solution, you yeah, know? You'll figure so, it out. Absolutely. Yeah, like whether it's $3,000 or $30,000 or $300,000, you'll find out a way to get the money if you really want something bad enough, right? Yeah. Yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. That was definitely an interesting thing. I I don't think a lot of people are actually doing it. So that would that would really be a great uh, you know sales technique for a lot of people who are listening to this podcast. Sure. So for thank sure. you so much for dropping uh, you know golden bombs right here, brother. Let's get to the next question, right? So especially like a lot of people while they're like closing and the prospect brings some objections, right? They, they try to slip off and they, they feel a little shaky while trying to object. They feel like, oh, I'm doing some shady stuff. You know, why would I like do some pressuring or all of that stuff, right? So how to like, uh, how to actually do the objection hand the right way and how to actually avoid missing more sales? Yeah, so, I mean, the first thing that you said is like all mindset. Like I always focus on mindset of a sales professional than skill set, right? Skill set is easy to fix. Mindset is a lot harder, okay? So like, when someone tells me they're feeling like they're doing something shady or they don't like that, they don't like that they're giving pressure. That to me is a big red flag because what you're basically mm. saying to yourself is that I don't believe in the product or service that I'm selling. That's why mm. I feel this way because think about it, right? Let's say, let's say you can solve one of the world's rarest medical disease. Let's say you can solve cancer. Okay. You have this pill for cancer. When you take the pill, your cancer is gone. Okay. If you have this pill and you know, it works hundred percent of the time, you will never feel shady. You will never feel disgusted to sell, that, to sell that thing. So the only yeah. reason why people feel like, oh, I'm giving too much pressure. I don't feel good. I don't like, it's because they might not truly believe in the product or service that they sell. Now, that is a different problem. Then my question to you is, if you don't believe in the product or the company you're representing, then why are you still with the company? Shouldn't you move on to find something different that you believe in, right? So like, that's a completely different thing. But mm-hmm. let's say it's a skill set thing. Okay, so it's a skill. I don't know how to handle that. Um, 
there are many ways to handle objections. And like, if you ask me different ones, I can show you how I do certain ones, but I'll show you the most common one. Actually, I'll show you the most common objection. I think the most common objection by far is let me think about it. I think the let me I'll come back. I'll, I'll actually take some time. I'll just sit yeah. on this and come back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, that's what it means. I mean, but the, the truth is I always teach people this. Take what people say at face value and look deeper into why they're actually saying that. So when someone tells you they want to think about it or they want to call you back tomorrow or call, email you back next week, they want to do some research, whatever. They want to talk to their friends about it, whatever, right? Like what it really means is one of four things or three things, okay? Number one, they don't trust themselves that with your product or solution, they can get results. They don't trust themselves, right? That if you give me the system, I cannot do it. Okay, that's the first reason. Mm. Second reason is they don't trust you. You meaning the closer. Maybe you sounded really suspicious today. Maybe you acted really weird, right? Really sketchy, really not like genuine. So they don't, they don't like you, right? That could be a second reason. And then the most mm -hmm. common reason, and the reason why I say three or four, because if your company has like a figurehead, like an influencer, right? Like a Dan Locke, you know, whatever, Grant Cardone, they might not trust that person. That's the third mm. reason. They don't trust the face of the company. Then the fourth reason is they don't trust the product system. So let's say we got a fitness program, simple example again. Let's say this guy called Michael is the face of the fitness program and he sells a 90-day fitness boot camp, right? To lose 20 pounds, let's say, okay? You either the person doesn't trust Michael or he doesn't, the person doesn't trust the boot camp methodologies will work for him or both. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. very simply, when someone tells me, let me think about it, I just say this to them. I say, usually, Mr. Prospect, when people tell me they want to think about it, it's usually one of four things. Can I go over these four things with you? And they say, oh, sure, mm -hmm. yeah, go ahead. All right, number one, it could be that you don't trust me today, meaning maybe I did, maybe I said something really off. Maybe I just didn't sound, you know, real with you, right? Is that the case here? Oh, no, 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 that's not it. Okay. Now, the second reason could be you don't trust that with Mike's bootcamp, you will actually do it. You will actually attend class. You will actually uh, perform the workouts. You will actually go on diet. You don't feel like it's going to work. You don't feel like you can do it. Is that the case here? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I will do it. If I invest from it, I will do it, right? Then I, then I would say, okay. Then it comes down to two final reasons. Number one, you don't trust that Michael is a man of his word. He's actually a great fitness coach that can help you get results. Is that the case? Then they will probably say, yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah, I don't really trust Michael a little bit. Then I would say, oh, okay, that's fair. I appreciate that. But I think more importantly, you don't trust that this bootcamp is going to get you results. And then they'll probably be like, yeah, I think that's the main reason. So then basically, right, what it is is that they don't really need to think about anything. They just don't trust that your product and that Michael, the person, is going to actually get the results. So mm. what I now do is I now I can do this for a close. This is my close. I could be, okay, let me ask you this, Mr. Prospect. If I could sign a contract with you right now, a contract, I'm going to sign it. We're going to sign it with Michael, saying that he will guarantee you lose 25 pounds in 90 days. If not, we give you your money back. Guaranteed. Would you take us up on it? 99% of people say yes to that. Right? Everyone says, <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. Right? Then you ask them, why, why, would you, why would you say yes? And then he's going to say, well, because you guaranteed it. Then I say, exactly. And in life, we cannot guarantee anything besides dying and paying taxes to the government. But if 50 of our clients have got results through the bootcamp, why can't you get results through the bootcamp? What's the difference, right? Same instructor, Michael, same program, same, same resource, same workout, same diet. With all these success stories, why can't you get results from it? So that's the way I handle those objections. Wow. That was a beautiful role. Yeah.
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very, very informative, interesting. I mean, this would really help a lot of business owners, solopreneurs and people who are actually managing your own sales. I think this this podcast will be a golden nugget for you. So I appreciate you actually going through that, uh, Joel. Let's get to the next question. Sure. Uh, so we would really love to understand, like, what kind of tools you actually use to kind of manage your sales processes? Like, how does your tech stuff looks like overall? Yeah, I've, I've worked with a lot of different tech stacks. So I'm actually a certified HubSpot implementer. Uh, I could mm -hmm. implement all onboarding for HubSpot, HubSpot from like nothing to like a full system, right? I actually got licensed by HubSpot to do that. And I actually mm -hmm. charged clients to do that while I was working with Dan. So uh, HubSpot is a really good uh, stack because it has sales, marketing, support systems in it. You could even build funnels there. But typically what we do is like we do click funnels, right? Or lead pages or whatever. You get a funnel, right? The funnel, you get something like Calendly or Schedule One, so Acuity for Calendar or Go High Level. Go High Level has everything inside, you know? And then you basically have the funnel software, the calendar booking software, and then you have a sales like CRM, right? And then sometimes you have Zoom, Zoom or like, or like Microsoft Teams to do video calls, or you can mm -hmm. have your CRM, just do a straight phone call. Then you can manage mm -hmm. and close and, and update all the sales records in that CRM. So it's typically just like this, three to four software, nothing too crazy. Maybe, maybe, Zap, maybe Zapier to zap mm -hmm. everything together, and that's it. Yeah, yeah perfect. Love it. Thank you so much for like explaining the tool stack you actually use. Love that. Let's get to the next question. So how does your like daily routine looks like right now? Like once you start, you know, making multiple six figure days, you know, in, in this business crazy times, how does, how does that look like? Yeah. So, um, a lot of my, a lot of our, 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 ink, well, because I mean, I run an, I run multiple agencies. We help companies run their sales teams. Right. And we get a lot of commissions from that. So a lot mm -hmm. of it is basically managing clients, right? So for example, a client, I have a client right now that I'm also working with, working with him on marketing. So then sometimes mm -hmm. I have to then look at a marketing strategy. You know, is this, uh, for example, are we, should we do, should we do a, a low ticket lead magnet, right? Or should we do a low ticket offer and then do an upsell to book a call and then do a, do the mm -hmm. upsell on the call? Should we just do straight mm -hmm. book a call to sell high tickets? So like some days it's about, about looking at strategy, but typically, um, I wake up and then every, every morning is working out. I'm actually right now going into bodybuilding because I actually want to compete. So then morning is like just heavy working out. And then I have, I do, I keep the rest of my day in the morning for responding to messages and just working on the business. Right. Um, obviously have breaks in between to eat. And then I do meetings in the afternoon, typically meetings in the afternoon, just to get stuff knocked out. Um, and then I usually take a bit of a break late afternoon, you know, read a book, watch a YouTube video. Like I, for example, I love watching Alex Hermosi's videos, right. Learn just like learning. And then at night, mm -hmm. I typically go back to like work, like emails and more like messages and stuff like that. Um, yep. So the day is quite different every day because, and then some days I have coaching as well. So sometimes I do mm -hmm. coaching for clients, their reps and everything, but it's typically how it looks like. Yep. Perfect. Actually love that, that you actually walked us through your days. That typically gives us like a clear optimized schedule of how they can, I mean, the podcast viewers can actually do that as well. So let's get to the next question, brother. I mean, you're not very old, but of course, like if there is one suggestion you can give to a 20 year old yourself or like the young had yeah. closer who just joined like dance program, right? What would be the one suggestion you would give yourself? To be honest, I mean, the biggest thing I found so far that's lacking in the high ticket sales world, especially for, for sales professionals is something I call consistency. It's nothing fancy. It's nothing crazy. It's nothing, you know, mind blowing, but it's just like a lot of people lack consistency. And so consistency to me is basically, um, I think of it like a friend. So that I have a friend who maybe is, you know, I want to meet or see him or her every single day outside my house or come to my house. But like, 
if my friend doesn't, you know, they don't show up when it's raining or snowing or whatever, right? Then that's not consistency. So consistency is someone that can show up rain, snow, shine, you know, tornado, hurricane, earthquake, they will be there in front of my house no matter what. And a lot of people lack that, right? And so I think I think developing consistency, which comes from discipline and habits, right? Good habits and good responsibility, accountability. I think that's like the most important thing. So I recommend like anyone who's like younger to definitely work on being consistent. You don't have to be the fastest. You don't have to be the sharpest. You don't have to be the strongest. You don't have to be the smartest, but you should be the most consistent. Because mm. it's like, they tell the story about the, the tortoise and the, or the rabbit and the tortoise, right? The tortoise that just walks tiny steps, but surely, but slowly will always get to the finish line. Like that will, you will always beat out anyone else if they have no consistency. So I think that's the most important. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Love that. The consistency is the key. That's really interesting, brother. Let's get to the next question. Your life's biggest achievement so far and any next bigger goals? Life's biggest achievement, I would say, honestly, is actually probably starting up my own, well, working with a client this year and then hitting this, uh, the, what do you call it? The two comma club award from like in, in six months, being over a million, million wow. dollars, right? Through a funnel that we completely set up marketing and sales for. So I would say that's mm -hmm. the biggest this year in six months, you know, one mil mm -hmm. cash collected. Um, and then what was the next question? Yeah. Any bigger achievements? Like what do you want to aim for the next thing? Got it. Um, uh, for sure. I want to do, so I've earned like for myself personally in terms of like income, I think the, the highest I've earned over half a million dollars in commissions, but I think in a single year, I've done about like 250, the max 250 K. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. my goal is to be able to do a mill mill for personal income. So I would say that's the biggest one. And, and again, right. Like money is important because money is like, obviously what helps you have freedom in life, but also that's mm -hmm. like, um, it's a, it's just a measurement tool of like, how much problems am I actually solving in this world? Because the more you make means the bigger problems you're solving, the more problems you solve. So like, I want to be able to increase the level of problems I can solve, right? That's kind of like yeah. what it tells me, you know? So that's really important for me. Yep, you'll be definitely be incentivized on how big of a problem you're solving. So that was definitely interesting. And like, if you like spot back, like what do you think is like the biggest mistake in your life? Yeah, I got a few. I mean, I think the biggest mistake when I first started uh, as, as, early, as a young sales manager was um, insecurity. Because when I felt like when I was young, you know, why am I being selected to be a sales manager, right? Like, I'm not so special. You know, I mean, there's nothing really, you know, there's just nothing special about me. Why would Dan make me a sales manager? So what happened was I, I acted very aggressively, right? Like, I was extremely aggressive to people. I was very um, direct, very confrontational, very aggressive, because I felt like, I think when I felt, I felt like because I'm so young to earn respect, I need to act, I need to act really aggressive. And honestly, looking back now that I'm mature, I'm older, I'm like, you know what? I didn't have to do that. You know? So I learned from that mistake because you know, when you're super aggressive, when you're too aggressive, you burn a lot of bridges, like you burn a lot of relationships and in, in, in life, like what's the point of burning relationships? You know, you should try to keep good relationships, good bridges with different people. So I would say that's the biggest mistake. I think in early 2019, 2018, I was very aggressive. I would mm. fire people like, very fast. You know, um, I would, I would basically have almost no empathy, right? Which is not oh. good. So that's like, that's probably the biggest mistake, right? Very aggressive, very aggressive for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that really taught you large lessons, which kind of compounded to make you, you know, in the situation you're yeah. definitely. So yeah. Yep. And love if, that. Mm -hmm. If I may add one more thing too, it's the fact that as a closer, as a sales professional, you have to have high empathy to be good at sales. 
if you're just like go 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 aggressive 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 you're not, not gonna, gonna be work good. out you're not gonna be good at sales yeah. you need to understand human compassion take care empathy, yeah. right like that's the biggest thing and so that helped me a lot that helped me a lot for sure yeah. yeah, absolutely. Love that. I mean, you're glad. I think this would really kind of hit people who are actually in that situation, that phase of life, because I believe everybody will go through that phase of like trying to get the work done and trying to start acting like aggressive just to get the work done, but which is like a wrong strategy, which you'll eventually realize. Right. I mean, so, that's a balance, right? That's a very big balance, you know, and it's like you need to put in the effort to balance between being extremely aggressive and like being extremely compassionate. That's a very good, that's a very good middle. That's a very good middle ground to find. It's like yeah. the perfect phrase is like uh, fair, but firm, right? Or firm, but fair. So you must be mm. very firm, but you must be fair. Like that's kind of the, the best way to describe it. Yep, about. Absolutely. So, yeah. And yeah, like, you know, especially working with clients and managing agencies, doing marketing, closing sales, high frequency jobs. Right. So like kind of makes you so much stressful when like things crumble around right so what kind of motivates you what wakes you up every day and makes you excited to look forward for the day what is your main inspiration for success? yeah so i mean and who are the two, key people involved mm-hmm. that's two for me one is like watching sales professionals make six figures a year because when i remember when i first when i earned my first 100k it changed my life so i know when people make 100k uh us it, it really changes their life right and so like that's a big inspiration for me to always coach sales people and then um, same thing for business owners, you know, business, business owners themselves are in the business of making money. So the fact that they get more sales, they make more income, they get more profits. It's good for them too. So it's like those two things. And then the best part is like, when I help them make more money, I also make more money. I think that's the best, that's like the best um, combination, the best equation, right? Cause everyone wins, right? It's win, win, win. Everyone wins. All three parties win, you know? So I think it's really good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was definitely, definitely powerful, brother. So where can our audience find you mentoring if they need more help to build systems and processes and scaling their you know, coaching programs or anything like high ticket, where they can find more help? Yeah, it's, it's simple. My name, so joelyi.com is my, it's the website. You can also email me at joel at joelyi.com um, and like social media links are on my website as well. So I'm very, myself and my team are very responsive on those channels. Yeah. Yep, love it. So, guys, make sure to check out the description. I'll be linking, uh, you know, to the to his website and email address in case if you want to contact him. You know, you got so much value out of this. So, if you need more help scaling your, you know, sales systems and make them more efficient, I think you can definitely contact Joel. So, he you definitely have a good time working with him. So, yep, Joel. Any last word before we conclude the entire podcast session today? Um, I would say to anyone watching this uh, show, like you're here for a reason. You're watching this for a reason, right? So believe in yourself. It's not going to be easy. If it was, everyone here would be entrepreneurs and millionaires and billionaires. So it's not easy. But the fact that you believe in yourself, you're watching this, it means that you are already doing better than like 99% of people because you're looking to learn. So if, you're, if you've watched all the way through to this point, it means you're someone that loves to learn. And if you love to learn, there's a very high chance you're going to be very successful in life. So keep it up. Good. <laughs> wow, that was a very heartful message for a lot of people who are watching today. So, guys, once again, thank you so much, uh, Joel, for actually giving us this wonderful opportunity. I appreciate you jumping on. So, hopefully, everybody watching, just you know, Joel gave you a thumbs up. So, make sure to keep up the good work, keep learning, and keep implementing what you learn on this podcast. So, don't let this podcast be another information you consume. Rather, start implementing. You know how to handle objections, how to actually build a sales team, how to have a recruitment pipeline, just like your close clients. You need know, to close high-level employees 
case as well because those guys are going to add more value than a client if you get one client you make maybe 510k but if you get one good team member you could potentially make six figures with that one person so keep sure. a recruitment sales process as well so you got so much value in case if you like this make sure to share this word and stay tuned for the next interview guy we'll be coming back with another amazing two comma club winner just like joel so thank you so much joel peace bye 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 see ya